My name is Ishan Rola. And I'm Annie Knudsen. And welcome to Hidden in Plain Sight, the podcast where students from different areas of life, undergraduate, graduate, or medical school, share their stories with mental health. A quick warning to those listening, this podcast deals with heavy themes such as depression, anxiety, and suicide, and it is left unfiltered in regards to language and content. Additionally, this podcast is not meant to put down in any way the mental health resources brought on campus. However, we must acknowledge how they cannot serve every student. Every week, you will hear a new student tell their story. We hope these stories will shine a light on the often overlooked issue of mental health and provide a place of comfort for those currently suffering. So, without further ado, let's get into this week's story. Though you've always been a friend to me, struggled hard but I failed to see that you have always wanted something back. You wanted more than this heart attack. What was it you went through? What what type of illness? Per se, it's kind of a weird way to say it, but what did you go through? Yeah. In the past no, year? I mean, I'd, I'd love to tell you. Um, I, I struggled with a mild depression for about two years. Um, I say mild because I didn't experience any, a lot of the, you know, symptoms of severe depression and uh, the, you know, my results on tests, Likert skill tests, were consistent with those of mild depression. Um, I... I did. Uh, I was functional during the whole thing. Um, I was still able to go to school, do classes, um, more or less maintain connections with my friends. Um, and you know, I got there. Um, well, I'll, I'll say that I experienced this from roughly 2016 to 2018. Um, I can say that um, it's been about a year now since I'd say I'm living, you know, pretty normal life now. Um, I'm feeling a lot better now than I was before. Um, which is which is something I'm really proud of. You know, yeah. I I, re- I really like where I'm where I'm at right now. But uh, yeah, I really struggled with a lot of things. I mean, you know, it started off, you know, and, and towards the end of high school, oh, I'm a third year now. Towards the end of high school, you know, I suffered some heartbreak. Um, um, I had, you know, I I, so I like felt romantic lo- love. <laughs> yes, <laughs> <shine>. yes. <laughs> no, but why was it like heartbreak per se? I mean, I mean, it, it's it's kind of weird to say like everyone goes to heartbreak, but why was this like? Do you think heartbreak is more? Um, it's a lot deeper than just the fact that someone rejected you. Is it like something more internal or like? Um, I, I I wouldn't say so. The reason why I'm not going to go too far into it because it's not really relevant, right? I mean, you're right. Everyone does experience heartbreak, and experiences tough events. It's more about how we deal with these events, and uh, and our coping mechanisms, our support, um, our support system. Um, that really determines, you know, how well we, you know, cope with these things, right? That's right. And what I will say is that I had very poor coping skills, and I did not <laughs> have a support network, which is most of the reason why, you know, I fell into, you know, such yeah. a such a dark place, right? It was also like, yeah, because like, if, say, say when I went through heartbreak, that was more just like all my insecurities fed up. So like, it mm-hmm. wasn't the heartbreak itself, it was the fact that I was relying on that to almost fulfill who I was, and mm-hmm. that's not how you're supposed to live. Exactly. It's like, it, it's not the heartbreak itself, it's the fact that you just don't trust yourself, you don't have the confidence. And so I guess that's more relevant to what your story is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it really, it really lays bare, you know, um, everything you're, you know, concerned with, your, uh, everything that you're insecure about, right? Because what I found after that is I found myself like, oh, hey, you know, I have really bad, you know, self-esteem. You know, I, I felt worthless. You know, I felt like I didn't deserve to live. I felt like I didn't deserve to be happy. You know, yeah, that kind of stuff. Um, and 
which is which is why it's not too important, you know, what caused it, at least for me. Yeah. Um, but rather the journey that I took to recognize what it was that um, that was really bothering me at my core and the steps that I had to to do to fix them. And I won't even say they're fixed, right? I mean, like, all of those things are really deep, um, deep insecurities that, you know, most people have. And we're never really going to get over those... um, in a short period of time, right? Yeah. It's it's a work in progress, is what what I like to say. Um, you have to you you have to continuously maintain it, right? Your mental yeah. health is a lot of like your physical health. Um, without constant maintenance, you know, um, you know, for your physical health, you you eat healthy, you go yeah. to the gym, do all that. Um, for your mental health, it's a lot of the same things, right? You need to eat healthy. You need to have a good lifestyle. You also need to maintain close personal relationships, um, uh, so that you can so that you have people to lean on when things get bad, because things will get bad. So what happened in the beginning? Like, were you lacking all of these things? Or, like, what basically started it all? What was, like, the first instance when you were, like, this is, like, when you felt something like that, like, depressed? Mm-hmm. Um, the thing is that I didn't... There was... There was... I'll say... When it started, I didn't recognize it then, Right? At that point, I thought it was just, oh, hey, I'm feeling really sad, but you know what? This is, this is how I'm bound to feel, right? The, the, there, there really is no other yeah. like option. You know, this is sort of just, just how it is, right? Um, and then, uh, so I'll say, so that happened like late high school, right? Yeah. So then, you know, after that, obviously, it came to college, OSU, right? Yeah. So yeah. I moved into college. There, there, there's a huge adjustment period, right? Um, all of a sudden, you know. What are all the things you're adjusting to? Like, what were the, all the stressors? Cause I've heard, like, when you got to OSU, like, everything, like, hits you at once. So, yeah, like, exactly. What was hitting you at once? Oh, yeah. So, so, so I'd, I'd say that the biggest thing that I was worried about was, like, my social life, right? I mean, like, right. everyone looked like they were going out and making new friends. And, you know, I only had really had, you know, three friends during my freshman year. And that's yeah. about it. Um, those were my roommates. But, like, um, I just felt like... I wasn't ha- making the most out of my college experience, and everyone was saying, oh, hey, college is supposed to be the best four years of my yeah. life, and I'm thinking, oh, shoot, I'm wasting the best years <laughs> of my life, right? Um, that was that was a huge thing for me. Um, you know, and then there's, there, there's the usual things of just, like, you know, college coursework is a lot tougher, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't know how to study coming out of high school. Um, whatever. Th- th- these are really minor things, but, you know, minor things tend to build up to major things, right? So all of that, right, combined with, um, how I came out of high school, right? Um, not in the best place. and everything. Yeah. Going on, okay. Um, now, was it just low self-esteem? Like, what other things were you coming to college with? Um, low self-esteem, I mean, really, that sort of s- snowballs into, like, a lot of other things, right? Like, low self-worth, you know? Yeah. Um, and then that goes into, you know, like, suicidal thoughts and all that. Um, that was uh, that was how I was co- coming out of high school, right? And then in college, you know, there was all these minor things, right? So I was, I was essentially like what what I would say like at capacity, right? Mm-hmm. I was I was dealing with everything that I could while you know living a normal life, and I I, I was fine with myself then, you know, I was yeah. I, I was I was living fine. But then uh, over winter break freshman year, I re- I received some really bad news. I uh, my one of my friends from who I was friends with since middle school. Um, he passed away in a car crash. Uh, I hadn't, 
I hadn't maintained contact with him for, you know, several months before then. Um, so I didn't really know where he was at. I know he was also going through some really tough stuff. I mean, you know, drug abuse and stuff. And I... So then when I, when I, when I got that news, it was, <laughs> I, I got that news on the day that my friends were throwing me a surprise birthday party. <laughs> so this is like right around your birthday because your birthday is right after finals. Yeah. Yeah. And mm -hmm. I got that news and my, my first, my first instinct, my first reaction was like, there's, there's no way there's, there's, there's no way that could be the case. I, 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 I forgot about it for like a couple of days. I was too scared to look at it, you know, in between then, right? I was like, you know, there's, there's no way this can be the case, right? This is, there's, there's just no way. And then after a couple of days, you know, I, I, I look back and, you know, it, it's, 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 it's really real, you know, he's, he's gone. It's, How'd you get the information? One of our one of our close mutual friends, you know, we had a little like like friend group, you know, just three three of us. He he told me, and dude, I feel so bad about it because like he he told me about that, and I I couldn't even respond to him. I mean, like, <clears throat> what do I say? Like, I mean, you know, obviously, like if I said something, you know, he'd be like, you know, like where were you at, right? Yeah. Because apparently, right? So so. Seven days before, you know, he actually passed away, he, he he was put into a coma by the car crash, and then he finally passed away um, a week later. And Did you know about it when he was in the coma? No, I didn't, you know? It's my fault for not keeping track of it, right? I mean, like, I had, I had no idea. And so I really, I felt really, really guilty about that, you know? I... It it suddenly became way too much for me to handle, like just just all at once. Like it was the guilt of not being in touch, not staying in touch, or not knowing, not not knowing, not staying in touch. I mean, staying in touch is something that I'm I, I'm really bad at. Like I I don't keep touch with a lot of old friends, and I, I felt really bad about that, you know. Yeah. All of a sudden, and you know, it, I. I already told you I didn't have any of the coping mechanisms. You know, I didn't really feel like I had anybody I could talk to. Um, <clears throat> that's 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 why it got really bad. And then and then close to break's end, right? Yeah. You know, I was dealing with all this. You know, I spent I spent most of my break in bed. You know, that's is that how you reacted? You just like stayed. That that's how I react in general. I mean, like. Some people don't sleep at all. Some people sleep way too. I sleep way too much. Yeah. Right. There was this one day. Um, it was early January, before school started. Um, me, you know, it was. It was like after dinner. I remember I was, you know, I was staying at home with my parents, and they were they were asking me like, yo, like when are when are fees due? And I'm like, oh shit, like they were due like last week and then they start yelling at me because you know the late fee yeah. and then it just I, I just oh my god I didn't even blow up like I I didn't get mad or anything I just I completely broke down like 
I've I've never ever in my life been this bad before. What I mean is that, you know, I can't even describe it. It was like I stopped thinking. I was completely overwhelmed by my emotions. I I literally like collapsed. Like I couldn't control my muscles anymore. Just in front of your parents. Yeah, just in front of my parents and, and my brother and my brother. I'll get to him later. Um, and uh, I, I, I couldn't control my muscles. I I was uncontrollably sobbing and then laughing and then sobbing and then laughing. Just completely randomly and. This like scared the shit out of my parents, right? I mean, what do you what do you do? You go right? from yelling at you about late fees to like, oh my god, what happened to his son? <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, um, and I hadn't even told them about like the the loss of my friend, right? Because I mean, like, I, I I couldn't come to terms with it myself, and and you know that was you know I I I I by that point I'd been having you know suicidal thoughts you know from time and time to time but like that's that's the first time I like actually considered doing something about it right that's when I started you know thinking about what I could do right um and was the reasoning behind suicide like what exactly was it it was just like it was just like how it goes is at least for me is that like I'm thinking like man I feel so bad right now it's everything's so painful, you know, nothing's really worth it. Nothing's really worth, you know, experiencing all this pain. You know, life is not worth experiencing all this pain. You know, I, I feel like I, at, that, at that moment I felt like, you know, all that I've ever experienced is pain, which obviously sounds irrational now, but, yeah. you know, when you're, when you're in that, right, that's, that's how you think. You get a closed mind. Like, right now you're looking back. You're just like... You went through a bunch of shit, but, like, it doesn't warrant suicide or the fact that life isn't mm. worth it. No. That not everything's pain, but when you're in the moment, all that you think about is a negativity. Mm-hmm. So, like, you you know, that, that horrible tragedy happened. You feel awful and guilty. You combine that with that yourself, your low self-esteem, the fact that, I mean, I'm assuming you just thought that you don't deserve things mm-hmm. in life. And then at that point, like, every good thing kind of is brushed away and every bad thing is compounded. Oh, for sure. I mean, I'd say one thing that I've noticed is that like when when I'm in a certain mental state, right? Let's like if I'm if I'm really happy, right? Yeah. Then I can only recall happy memories, right? Yeah. Or the opposite also also true, right? When I'm feeling really depressed, right? Then I can only recall you know, memories of when I'm feeling the same way, right? So that was definitely applying there, right? I was feeling super, super down, right? And that's all I could recall. And that, in my mind, justified, you know, ending my life, which is which is not the right call. That is not the right call for anybody. Yeah. I mean, like, definitely just give it some time, you know, talk to somebody about it. That's what I should have done. And, you know, I was I was sitting there. I was I was laying on my bed. I was seriously contemplating that. I mean, like I had, I had, I had a thing of Benadryl right next to my bed, and I could have taken a few of those and just, you know, knocked out. But uh, God, you know, I. What made you stop? My. <laughs> I I promised my little brother right that I'd I'd play with him right. He's he's ten years old. No, then he was actually eight years old. Shoot, I love him to death, and. Uh, 
I, I was I was sitting there. I, I my the door of my room locked, and then he came and knocked on there. He was like, it was like Dada, can, are we gonna play? And he sounded really sad because he he just saw what happened, right? How did, how did your parents react when you broke down? Like, so you you went from just sobbing to just going upstairs in your room. They didn't do anything. They they they, they didn't know what to do. <laughs> They didn't know what to do. And I, not like I told them anything either, right? Yeah. They saw me go from zero to 100 and then over the left. course of a couple of minutes. And then I just left, right? What What do you think, right? Like, oh, you know, maybe maybe school's rough, you know, maybe something else. It's, it's completely my fault for not telling them, right? You know, you can't expect other people to read your mind. Yeah. Uh-huh. That's one really big thing, you know? I mean, nobody's going to know how you're feeling without... You know, telling them. That's a trap I used to fall into. I just, like, mm-hmm. expect... Or at least I'd like to bear the pain myself, but then I expect people to know. Mm-hmm. And no one no one knows. Yeah. No one, no one's going to be able to guess what you're feeling, even though, like, you want someone to. Like, no one knows you that well. Mm-hmm. So, so you went into your room, your brother knocked on the door, and you decided not to do it. Yeah, I decided not to do it. I... <laughs> I wiped my tears. <laughs> I went with him down to the... Down to the basement. We played some Xbox. We played some. We played some play. Rocket League. Rocket League. Oh hell yeah! We, ended up we, winning. Played, we played so much Rocket League. Um, no, me and my brother play on a team. We're we're a good team. Mm. <laughs> but uh, it was it was really that, yeah that that was really weird for me because like I suddenly went from this. I my mind just sort of went went numb. I said you know just like forget forget all that. Not even forget all that. I just didn't have the capacity to think anymore. Yeah. I just sat there. And stared at the screen and pressed those buttons, and didn't think about it. I, 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 I didn't. I didn't think about it. And then, after all that, I was too exhausted and I fell asleep. And uh, well, that that was an episode. That was an episode. And you know, the next morning I woke up and that freaked me out. Right? I was like, "What the fuck did I just do? What what just happened? Like, I was not in control." Yeah. And that, that, that really scared me, right? I was not in control. So then I decided, you know, like, I can't, I can't just, I can't deal with this on my own. Like, you know, no matter how hard I try, I... This is outside of my control, and that was, it was clearly evidenced by what happened the previous day, right? Um, so what I did, right? There, there was one friend that I was, I was really close to. Again, you know, one of the, one of the things that that stopped me, you know, most of the time from, you know, asking friends for help was, well, it was it was it was a few things, right? It was one was like I should be able to deal with my problems, you know, yeah, all by myself, right? Sort of manly pride type thing. Um, I feel like it's an ego thing too. You just don't want people to see you're weak. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah being vulnerable. Yeah, at, at that point, I was I was just too scared. I, I I called her over. We talked about it. Talked about it for a long time, you know. Um, and I really appreciate you know this friend because she does something that like not many other people do. It's just like sitting there and listening, you know. Yeah. What what she did, oh, man. She just like, looked at me and like looked at me and I, when I looked at her, I knew that like 
she was feeling what I was feeling, right? That is, that I feel like is the essence of connection. And that's what really helped me, you know, set myself straight, at least for the time being, right? You know, she listened to my whole story and I, and she said, you know, like, shoot, you know, I, there's nothing I can say to that. Like that, that must've been really hard. That made me, she I won't say it made me feel better. Huh? She's a therapist. She's who you talk to. Shoot. Yeah, yeah. That was no. the start of you getting help. Like, you started talking to someone. Like, right. Yeah, so so she said, you know, that must have been really hard. You know, there's there's nothing that I can say that'll make you feel better, but I know they have professionals for this, right? Yeah. I was like, shoot, you're talking about, like, a shrink or something? And then I was like, yeah, that's exactly what I'm talking about. I'm like, oh, shit. <laughs> like, Let's get you a media. Talk to some spirits. <laughs> spirits. <laughs> Dude, I wish... Wow. Um, so then whatever, I, I, I come back to school next semester, right? First thing I do, call up OSU Counseling and Consultation Service, right? They give me a phone screening, do the phone screening. They get me in for one of those, uh, I don't know, like immediate like appointments with, the, with a therapist. Immediate th- appointments mean that it was pretty serious. Because usually uh, I, people it, get immediate appointments if it's serious. Like all, Otherwise they wait for like... They know... Uh, Okay, I I can't speak too much to to the you know criteria that they use. Um, all that I can say is that for me specifically, because I mentioned suicidal thoughts, just like yeah. they, they they don't want to mess with that, right? Even if it's not that bad, even if you, if you even if you just mentioned that, they don't want to take a chance, right? Yeah. So so that's why I got in real fast, right? But uh, after that, I started meeting with my individual therapist, right? Uh-huh. Um, and uh, I was with him for an entire year, and boy, did I I learned, I learned so much. So Therapy was actually like a life-changing experience for me. I'll, I'll, I'll say that. So what did you learn? So the first thing that I learned, right? The first thing that I learned was how to talk, how to speak, how to use my words. That might sound weird to you right now, but yeah. what I'll say is that um, at my first you know, session, right? He sat there and asked me, so what's going on? Anything you want to talk about? I said, no. <laughs> Productive. <laughs> no. <laughs> and he was like, well, I got some notes from the previous therapist. Uh, would you like me to go over them? And I'm like, yeah, sure. <laughs> so then he goes over them, right? BCC starts listing off. So the loss of a friend, you know, that must be really hard. Um, I just break down laughing. I'm fucking dying, giggling <laughs> on the couch because I had no words. When he side. asked me something, he's like, he was like, this doesn't seem funny. And I'm like, <laughs> I wasn't consciously laughing. I, I wanted to stop laughing, but I couldn't. I wanted to stop laughing so hard. Cause like, that's not something you laugh about, obviously. Yeah. Right? I was laughing so hard and I could not stop for like half of the session. And then, he, then he's like, okay, okay. And then, then we like start making our like normal conversation. Like, you know, yeah. like how are, how are your classes and stuff. Right. Yeah. And then towards the end, we go back to it, and, you know, what do you know? The same thing happens. You know, I start laughing again. Like a defense mechanism or, like... That's exactly what it was, right? I didn't want to talk about it. So you started laughing. So I started laughing. And it's the most, like, embarrassing thing. Like, (laughs) can you imagine? I don't know if it's embarrassing. I just, like... It must be discomforting for him. He's like, this guy's a maniac. Discomforting discomforting for me, too. Like, (laughs) man... So I had to learn how to talk. What, what, what it's called, I think, in psychology is affect phobia, right? Fear of feeling. Have you ever 
Heard of that? It makes sense, yeah. Yeah, right? Affect phobia. So that that's the first thing that I had to deal with, right? I was so scared of feeling emotions after that, you know, experience, right? I didn't want to lose control again. I didn't want to didn't want to go through all that again. So I just decided I'm not going to feel anymore, right? And then yeah. when something comes that evokes emotion in me, right? I was I, I had no response for it. So then over the course of the next few sessions, what we did was gradually approaching, very, very slowly approaching, you know, sensitive topics, right? Yeah. Um, so after a couple sessions, right, I, I was able to talk a little bit. I was able, uh, I'll tell you how I was able to talk. I, I wasn't able to just, like, come up with sentences straight, right? Yeah. I would come up with words. I'd be like... Sad, terrified, right? Then I'll start to string them into sentences, right? I'll be like, okay, I'm feeling, I, I'm, I'm, I'm feeling, I'm, 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 feel. That's that's how my sentences were. There was no coherence. You're so afraid of feel or emotions that you didn't want to like, like express them. Yeah, I, I was fighting that fear while I was in those sessions, right? I. Words were genuinely difficult for me. Sentences were just out of the question, right? Yeah. So, um, yeah, just this basic thing of talking just, just was a huge obstacle for me, right? And then soon what I started to do, right, um, once, once I got further into it, right, I started, I started writing, actually, I started writing in a journal. You know, I did this previously before, too, um, in high school. You know, I felt really bad about something. I would, I would you know, open up my laptop, you know, write in my password-protected notebook, mm-hmm. Um, I remember seeing one sophomore year when we were together. Yeah. I saw you doing those journals. And so you started around that, that time? I, yeah, I started around, around high school-ish. So I decided to pick it back up, you know, once I started therapy. Um, yeah. And what I did was I, I would write, you know, just everything, you know, that was bothering me in these journals. I would yeah. print it out. And then I'd bring it to therapy. And, you know, that's, that's a perfectly normal thing that people do, right? Um, it worked particularly well for me because I had problems talking. <laughs> yeah. How long would these, uh, I'm assuming it'd just be like free stream of thought. Oh yeah, completely. And they're just basically what you were feeling during that week or like based on during that events, day, during, during that, that day. time, during the time, during that time. I, 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 sometimes I'd write two or three in a day. Right. Mm-hmm. But I would just sit down for like an hour and I would just, I would just write. So then I would, you know, print out a couple of these, you know, bring it to session. I'd give it to him. And then I, <laughs> I would give it to him, and I would just like cringe. Like I, did you read them out loud? Huh? Did you read them out loud? No, he didn't read them out. Oh, loud. so you're just cringing? He was he's reading it. Yeah, <laughs> ju- just the thought of him knowing what is going insi- on inside my head, how I, like was so scary for me. I remember once, right? I wrote something particularly sensitive to me, right? <laughs> this was a completely like like unsolic- uh, unsolicited response. I gave him the 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 pages, right? He opened them up, and then I dashed across the room. I got up off that couch, and I ran, like, so fast. And then I ended up at the door, and, like, I didn't, I wasn't even, like, conscious of this, right? right. He was like, well, where'd you go? I was like, I'm over here. And I just had no idea, like, how I ended up on the other side of that room. You just bolted. I just bolted, and I sat on the floor. Oh my god, can I ask what that thing was or you don't have to go? That's why you don't have to go. <laughs> I mean it's it's not super important, but like um honestly I don't even I mean 
No, I'm not going to lie to you. I do remember what it was. <laughs> no, if you don't want to say it, it's fine. It's fine. Yeah. But it was like the fact that you bolted across the room at the Green of the Pages. Yeah, I bolted across the room and I like curled up into a ball on the floor. Oh, God. And then he was like, do, do you still want me to read this? I was like, yes, just, 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 just read it. So then I... <laughs> Anyways, so... Oh, my goodness. Those journals help, though. They help so much. Express yourself. <laughs> that, that, that was how I expressed myself before I could, you know, get to speaking words, right? I would write words. And you said speaking words, like, it would just be baby steps. Was there a particular instance that, like, helped, like, do you think was a particular changing point that helped you able to speak? Or was it just... Over time, it just it was, got better. It, yeah, it was it was it was it was hard work over time, right? I mean, like, you know, we 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 use the analogy of going to the gym a lot, right? Yeah. I mean, like, so when you start off lifting, right, um, or when you, when you start off running, you know, whatever physical activity, I mean, you start off with a little bit, but you you can't just jump straight into like the heavyweights or like the long distances, right? Yeah. You're you're not you're not cut out for it, right? You need to start small. You need to continuously. You need to keep working. You need to keep pushing yourself, right? Yeah. You keep pushing yourself towards that so that you can get there, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, it, and just like going to the gym was hard work, going to therapy was hard work for me. Like after like therapy sessions, right, I I would just be like non-functional for like a few hours just because like I, my brain was fried, you know? I just, like yeah. it was so much to deal with. Um, literally, like sometimes like I would, I would be sitting on the couch and be telling a story and just... It would just become so much for me at the moment. I would just, I'll just sit back. I'll just like zone out. It'd be like, you still there? I'd be like, <laughs> be like, all right, let's talk about something else. Oh wow! <laughs> so these be so emotionally cathartic, or just like exhausting. You just exhausting, like, just exhausting, and it just you would just like. I don't know, like, not pass out, but not pass out, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, mentally pass out. It's like a reboot. I don't even know, like... Literally. (laughs) Out of curiosity, I always want to know, when was it that you started therapy? Mm -hmm. And when was it that you actually felt that you were able to use your words and talk? Mm -hmm. I started therapy February, ah, probably, like, this time, two years ago. Um, That was a long time ago. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> it's been a while. But, uh, um, and when did I feel like I could start talking? Definitely during the, around June-ish. June. June-ish, I felt like I could, no, not even June-ish, actually. Because that, that little incident about me ru- running across the room, that was, like, mid-June. Oh, wow. I'd say, like, I, I could really start being, like, open with my words and expressing myself, like, around August-ish, right? So, August minus February. How, Almost six, that's six months. That's six months. That's a half a year of hard work. Yeah, it, it took a long time. Wow. So yeah, once fall semester started, right, that's that's when I really realized. That was when I was, I don't know, like uh, 15 to 20 sessions in. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Not to say that people don't get work done faster, right? Yeah. 10 sessions is a lot, right? So no, some, sure. there's a lot of people, you know, the therapy doesn't take that long for a lot of people. So it, don't don't use that as like a as a as a measuring stick. That's just how long it took me because I had you know different issues, right? But yeah. uh, even when I finished therapy in like December of that year, right? Yeah, I still wasn't completely there. You know, I wasn't where I was right. What am I saying? Where I was then, it's still not even close to where I am now. You know. Where I felt like I made the most progress was actually in the year after therapy. The year between my last session in December of 2017 and, like, now. 
2019. So I'm gonna ask before you get into that, what was it? Did you feel like you were lacking at that time, like in December? Did you? What did you feel like you were lacking? Why? What, like, what did you feel like you were missing still? Or and also, what did you feel like you improved on, or did you just not improve? Mm-hmm. I I was lacking in practice. Okay. Right. Practice is one thing that I I completely lacked. Um, what what I improved on over therapy was just getting a really good understanding of what it was that you know made me feel that way, how it w- how I needed to improve, and um, I, I I gained a new perspective on like on how to manage my thoughts and feelings, and that is. And I gained that new perspective, right? There, during that time, it was gaining a lot of knowledge. But until I put that into practice, I really couldn't, like, see, you know, like, what a big difference it made, you know? Um, could you could you give me an example of, like, how, like, maybe how you, so one event you would have taken into a different perspective before therapy and how you would take it now? Hmm, for sure. Um, let, 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 let me think. I mean, like, yeah. a lot of stuff when it comes to, like, navigating personal relationships you know yeah so like <clears throat> it happened a lot during our sophomore year actually mm. we'd always get into you know big disagreements wrinkles there was a big disagreement and normally i would have been like all right you deal with your stuff you deal with your stuff stop being mad um what what, what i what, what i realized was like there were a lot of people that were really mad at each other right but by talking to all of them right i I realized like people weren't understanding how the other people were feeling, right? Yeah. You know, um, that's that's not a perspective that I would have had earlier, right? Yeah. I would have um, I would have said like I would have tried to I don't know, like give advice, be yeah. like, oh well, just like don't do this next time, and why is everybody mad at each other? Yeah. And like stop. But now I'm like, okay, maybe this is how he's feeling, and like this is, you know, how you should navigate this because you know this is how people tend to think, right? Um, that's where I learned, like, you have to listen to people in order for them to, you know, make their, you know, yeah. thoughts uh, thoughts and feelings clear to you and themselves, right? Yeah. People people only realize, sometimes only realize how they're feeling once they've said it out loud, right? Yeah. Keeping everything inside your head um, does, not, does not work well. Um, everything gets jumbled up in there, and uh, only when you, you know, say it out loud does it become clear, right? Yeah. Um, so by making, by, by making everyone talk about it, by making everyone, you know, communicate, um, that's, how, that's how we resolve this conflict, right? Yeah. And so, yeah, when, when Ishan said I was regarded as a therapist, I, I preferred to call myself a conflict resolver, at least yeah. in that case, right? It, just, it was funny because everyone was like, <laughs> oh, man, like, whenever I speak to Anki, like, I just realized how, like, irrational I'm being. I'm like, <laughs> Yeah, that has to happen. But I think I was like depressed, like knowledge. I guess over like a whole year of therapy, you mm-hmm. just knew exactly how the mind worked at that point. Yeah, exactly. And and it's it's easy to apply it to others, right? Yeah. Um. The reason why I'm giving this, the reason why this isn't like you know, <clears throat> an example about me, is because um, it's way harder to apply this to yourself than no, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> we always follow it's something I used to say. We always follow. We we never follow our own advice. Yeah. Completely. We never do. Yeah. It's crazy. Like, um, I also learned that uh, vulnerability is uh, is is basically the key to establishing connection and and healing. If I can ask, when did you stop journal writing? When did I stop? Yeah, because you were still journal writing up into that semester. I was journal writing up until a couple weeks ago. 
Oh, I don't okay. stop. So you still go. I do it whenever I'm feeling like shit. Right? It's just it's it's a coping mechanism and it's a good coping mechanism, I think, right? It's way better than, you know, bawling my eyes out in my bed. It's way better than doing drugs, drinking That's alcohol. True. Yeah. Right? Um I've seen that. I've seen it too. Yeah. <laughs> um but yeah, it's 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 helpful for me. It's cathartic for me. Um, how I feel about journal writing, how I feel it helps me, is that like, like I said, you know, nothing nothing has an order in your head, right? But when you when you write down words on a page or when you type it up, right, doesn't doesn't make a difference to me. Um, everything has to have an order, right? The text goes left to right and up to down, right? Yeah. So when I put it in that order, when I put you know my thoughts into sentences, things become clear. I start to really grasp what it is that I'm feeling, right? Yeah. So that's that's really important for me. And I actually I wish I'd, I I wish I did it more often than I do it right now, right? Yeah. Because, you know, an important thing is like not just journal writing when you're when you're feeling down, yeah. but also when you're feeling good, right? No, completely. Because so know, it's not just when you feel down, like you also do it like on something happy, like you No, but I should. I, you should. I don't, but I should, right? Because what what should happen is like you know when I'm feeling down, I should go into my journal and be like, oh hey, this is how I used to feel when I'm happy, right? Mm-hmm. But I don't have any of those entries. Uh, why not? I'm just not particularly motivated to, you know. Again, re- remember when I told you that like when you're happy, well when I'm happy, I can't remember when I'm sad. Yeah. When I'm sad, I can't remember when I'm happy, right? So when I have when I'm happy, I can't I can't particularly recall any time that I'm sad. So I'm like, oh shoot, you know, like this is never gonna happen to me again, right? Yeah. But when I'm sad, I'm like, what was it ever like to be happy? <laughs> You'd have liked to have, have that it. record. Yeah, exactly. Guys, is it okay to say to admit that like or to think? Is it okay to think that you are always gonna have moments when you feel shitty and want to cry? Is that normal? Always, for sure. Yeah, you're, you're always going to have that. And that's why, you know, the, the apple a day for mental health, at least in my opinion, right, the apple a day that keeps the doctor away is yeah. having strong a strong support network, strong connections, right? Yeah. Um, but actually, I, I completely take that back. <laughs> this is for, like, really minor things, right? Yeah. People have real issues with, like, anxiety and severe depression and all kinds of mental health issues. That does not solve everything. But for, you know, normal people, for, like, you know, I hate to say normal people, too. Yeah. I'm going to say, like, mentally healthy people, yeah. right, who, um, who, are, who are just going through, like, you know, everyday struggles, you know, grief. Um, bereavement, that kind of stuff. Um, it helps a lot. It really does help a lot. Um, the key to maintaining those social connections, those uh, those close, strong social connections, I, I, want, I want to emphasize that, is, is vulnerability. That's where I was going to get to that, right? Um, basically, you know, step one is to know who your real friends are, right? Who, who you really trust, right? Yeah. Trust is the foundation of any relationship. After that, it's being vulnerable, right? If you want to build a close relationship with somebody, it can it can really be anyone you trust, right? All you have to do is be vulnerable to them, right? Let's say I wanted to make my relationship closer with Ishan, right? Um, first, I would tell him, you know, something, something really tough that happened to me, right? Um, 
And honestly, you don't need an excuse for this, right? Everyone's thinking like, oh, you know, now is not the right time. You know, I don't want to kill the mood, right? No, that's not killing the mood. In fact, it's human connection is something beautiful, right? It's 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 it's, it's really just another another level of like connection. It's it's it's, it's a different kind of feeling. Yeah. What I would start with is I would start with, you know, a really, you know, deep story, right? And then, you know, usually, usually what I've seen with people, right, is when you, you know, share something about yourself, right? They tend to want to share something about them, right? Yeah. And through that process, right, through that process of making each other's, <clears throat> you know, stories known, you know, you're sharing your flaws, your weaknesses, your insecurities, um, that's how you build really strong relationships. This doesn't just apply to friends. I mean, this applies to, you know, romantic relationships, really. Um, you know, colleagues, just any, any, anyone that you want to be close with, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it's also one of the really good traits of, you know, like good leaders, right? Because, I mean, like good leaders, you know, don't want to be aloof. You know, they want to be, you know, you know, one with their, you know, subordinates. So, um, and like, do you think like through being vulnerable and sharing your stories, you increase your social support network? Yeah, exactly. Because then at, then at that time, right. Um, when something else happens to you, right. Um, it doesn't, it doesn't, doesn't even have to be like a, a huge thing. Right. Um, yeah. you can always reach out to the, these people and you know, they're going to be willing to hear your stories because you know, they've already done it before. Right. Yeah. So out of curiosity, are your parents in that social support network? Do they know the things that you've gone through or the issues you have? And if not, why not? They they know, sort of. I mean, they know that my friend passed away. I told them. Um, but they don't... And they knew that I was, you know, seeking mental health treatment. I told them that, too. What was their response <clears throat> to that? But, um... Oh, I, what was their response to that? Yeah. Um, they were just like, you know, I mean, they were really worried, right? They're my parents, right? So they, they want me to feel better, right? Yeah. I never really let them know the magnitude of what, what, it, what it was I was experiencing. And, you know, looking back on it, you know, I, I really wish I had more, right? Yeah. Um, but yeah, I guess, I guess in our culture, right? Almost, you know, Indian culture, you know, vulnerability is not, is not a trait that's really that, that, that encouraged, especially in, you know, in any kind of relationship. Um, That leads to a lot of, a lot of problems, right? Um, And that's, that's not something that I was raised with, you know? Mm -hmm. So that's why I didn't really feel like I could, you know, go to my parents for anything, you know? Um, You know, my view, right? All I thought they were concerned with were good grades, go to college, get a job, right? That, that, that's it, right? So when it came to anything else, you know, I felt like, you know, like, shoot, like, well, <laughs> why would they care, right? Yeah. But they do care, right? Because they, they just don't know how to express it, right? Because that's not something that they were taught by their parents, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's, 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 it's really tough dealing with parents sometimes because they're, they were just raised in a different generation and they didn't have almost the luxury of learning these things as early as we did because... You know, in their time, they had to learn, you know, completely different things, right? They had to learn, you know, they had to spend all their time studying, first of all, because, you know, they were in a much more competitive environment, right? At least, you know, our parents, right? They came from India. Um, and it was it was just a different time then, you know? Yeah. So, yeah, it, it, it can be tough. But I, I feel like, 
I, I, I do want to get closer to my parents because they, you know, they're not going to be around for much longer. I mean, yeah. I want to, I want to, you know, appreciate them while, while they're still here. Completely. So throughout the semester, you said you got a lot of practice and experience. Could you like describe that like process, like, 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 the, like the timeline throughout that second semester of your sophomore year where mm -hmm. you got more experience, more knowledgeable, like what things happened that like, you know, um, like, like it made you go farther, maybe the summer, how did the summer go, like mm -hmm. how, what's your journey from then to now? I can, yeah, yeah, I, I can tell you that for sure. Um, from, you know, when therapy ended, um, I can say, to start off with, um, I started practicing being vulnerable, you know, with, with you know, somebody who was my closest friend at the time, right? Um, she was the one who told me to go to therapy. First time, I remember, first time I really, I, I, I tried. I was like, it was during the summer, actually, right? Yeah. It was, uh... <laughs> I, I, I tried. I tried. I was like, you know, this is really bothering me, right? That's what I really wanted to say. Yeah. But I, I fell apart laughing again in front of her. Wow. <laughs> it was so tough. But like, God bless her. She. She she didn't judge me. She she just, she just sat there and just waited. Just. She was so patient. It's a rare friend. I know, right? Like. Nobody else would have done that, right? Like, like, like if like if you were just like laughing in front of me while you were, <laughs> I don't care like what was happening. I'd be like, dude, what the fuck? <laughs> Get your shit together. <laughs> Get your shit together, exactly. But uh, no, she, she she just sat she just sat there and just like stared at me with like the most like caring look, and I just I knew right like I I could be vulnerable in front of her one day, right? When I get my shit together. Um... And that's sort of what motivated me, right? Yeah. I, st I, I, I drove myself to express myself more. I, uh, and then and, and that helped. The more I expressed myself, the more, um, the more benefit that I saw, right? Um, eventually, you know, I, I, I stopped, you know, just talking to her, right? Um, yeah. I don't know if you remember the one time I was like, yo, Ishan, I want to talk to you, man. It was like 3 a.m. You're like, bro, I got to sleep. I'm like, wait, this is important. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, wait, I remember that night. Yeah. Yeah, I remember that night. Yeah, because we both did. Yeah, exactly. We both opened up. That's what happens, man. It's the magic. <laughs> That's the 3 a.m. magic. Right <laughs> yeah, dude. <laughs> so it was me and then a lot of other people, of course. Mm -hmm. Not a lot of other people. Well, I mean, like, I mean, relatively, sorry. Relative, yeah, or relatively, yeah. Um, I don't know, man. It, I can't say I've made a lot of progress since then. I mean, like, like I said, it's a work in progress, you know? Was, I would like to be more open with people, but I'm still working on it. That's fair. And when was the first time you were just like, I can speak, I can express my words, I feel vulnerable. Was there a specific moment you're just like, oh my goodness, this is where I want to be? No. No, because I'm still not where I want to be. Really? Yeah. So how close are you? <laughs> I can't tell you that. <laughs> I mean, okay, I'd say... You're coming up here and talking to non anonymously to all these people. Yeah, I was I was I was gonna say this this is a pretty big step for me. Yeah, this is pretty incredible already. <laughs> this is pretty huge. Uh -huh. <laughs> um but I mean this is like impersonal, you know? Yeah, that's true. And what, you get like at most five listeners to your podcast. I don't think we have any listeners right now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's what I thought. <laughs> so um I don't know. It's a work in progress, definitely. I wanna work on it more. 
You told me during the summer. This is something small. Mm-hmm. During the summer, you're all perfectly fine. You're all perfect. You're fine. You don't need therapy. You're 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 you're, you're healed. Is yeah. that a lie? Oh, it's completely. That <laughs> was a complete lie. I don't know what it was that like prompted that answer, but it might have been something along the lines of, "Oh, uh, how, I don't know, like like." How have have you improved since therapy? And like that was the time when I was realizing, you know, like my entire you know, perspective was changing, right? So I was like, oh my god, like my life is like crystal clear now. Yeah, but life is never crystal clear. Okay, no, sure. as soon as you get on top of things, something else knocks you down. <laughs> exactly right. So so I was still in a bit of shock at that point for you know because of the change that I experienced. But um, now now that I sort of cooled off, I'm sort of like realizing, like, no, I still have a I still have a long way to go. So right now, do you ever, like, where are you right now then? I, of course, you have a long way to go, but how do you feel regularly? How do you, like, what's your daily status? Like, do you sometimes, like, do you still, like, sometimes go in your bed and, like, sleep and you're depressed and, like, mm-hmm. or, like, cry out? Or, um, you know, do you do you sometimes avoid things and avoid people... Void, void being vulnerable because you don't feel like you're worth it or don't feel like, you know, people will care. Mm-hmm. Like, like, where are you right now? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, let me tell you about my my Wednesday last week. <clears throat> okay. Um, like I like, okay, so there have always been good days and bad days, right? It just depends on how many bad days there are, really, right? You know, back then when I was, when I, I felt more depressed, I, I had way more bad days. Yeah. <laughs> Now, 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 I don't feel depressed, right? I will say that. I, I, I don't feel depressed. Um, but I still sometimes have bad days, just, just, just sometimes, right? And, and, that, and that, that's just, you know, an indicator that, you know, I do still have stuff to work on. Yeah. Um, do you feel like no one should have bad days? I feel like no. bad days meaning... No, no, I, 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 think, I think I'm, you know, healthy now, right? Okay. I, I have few bad days, but, like, whatever. Yeah. Um, but I but I want to improve on those too because I think like 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 I'll I'll tell you how my day went. Yeah. Um <laughs> I woke up, felt like shit about myself for like 2 hours. I ate breakfast cuz I always eat breakfast. I skipped class and obviously I but I had a bunch of work to do. And so obviously I took a nap. Um then I woke up around 5:30. Um I stayed in bed till 11:30 just feeling like shit about myself. And I tried to get out of bed. And I was like, I have way too much work to do. I was overwhelmed. So then I went back to bed. <laughs> That's the entire day. So what triggered that? What triggered that? There were there were things that weren't so great that happened. Or not even that. There were little things, right? What you'd call little things yeah. that happened that I thought were little things. That I didn't th- talk about to anybody, right? I, I didn't even acknowledge it, right? But turns out that weighed down on me so bad that it just caused me to spiral out of control again. You know, just like how I used to, right? Yeah. So then the next day, what got you out of it? Did you feel better the next day or like what? <laughs> the next day, I was literally in a state of mental fatigue. I could not like possibly like... I, 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 I couldn't I couldn't think like that anymore literally like I, I don't know how to describe it right I was so tired of like you know feeling sad that I just like couldn't 
So you're so that. tired of feeling sad that you got yourself out of it because you're like, fuck this, I need to do something. No, it, it wasn't conscious. It was literally like, like, like my head hurt. Uh, <laughs> my head hurt. And I was, <laughs> I, 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 could, I couldn't feel like that even if I wanted to. So like, I still felt like shit the next day. Don't get me wrong. But like, it wasn't as bad because I was so fatigued. I was like. You can't feel worse. I, yeah, I can't feel worse. Exactly. Yeah. So it still happens from time to time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, those are just two very bad days. This weekend also wasn't great for me. But you know what? You went home this weekend, didn't you? Yeah. The, the one thing that I've noticed is that the, 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 it, was, it, was, it was true even then. Like, the, the more that I have to do, right, active obligations, right, I tend not to feel as bad just because, like, I'm occupied. That's fair. That's yeah, true. right? That's what I've noticed. Like, when I have so much things to do, like, I don't tend to sit down and think about where my life is at or what's going on or trying to reason through it, which is nice at the time, but then afterwards you're just like, oh my God, did this happen? Did that happen? Like, what do I do? And you kind of like, I mean, I've had this like happen even like as close as last semester. I kind of went crazy one weekend because everything was done and then something small happened and I had nothing else to do and I just didn't know how to process that one event. You just ruminate. I just ruminate and I just like went and I just like, got super sad mm-hmm. and super like confused and everything and it's yeah. like i blew up i am not i didn't blow up i imploded that's yeah. what happened that's that, that that's a great way to describe it i mean like yeah so this weekend did something similar happen or is yeah it yeah so that, that, that definitely similar i mean that's yeah, that's, that's basically it i mean that's that and that's what i call my bad days but like those i feel like that, that, that that's an acceptable level right like that, yeah. I, i'm fine with that you know like i can say like you know despite all that happening i'm still happy with myself right yeah i'm but still happy with where i'm at when you came back into college how do you feel like when like compared to like when you were coming into college with that low self-worth yeah with that low self-esteem i felt like five out of the seven days of the week would be like that mm. and that's that's a problem, right? Because yeah. then I, I, I literally can't do anything, right? Mm-hmm. I can't get any homework done, right? Because homework... Yeah, like, what can you do with it? Yeah, exactly. Like, what, what would happen is that, like, I would sit down at my desk to, you know, do some work, right? And work isn't an obligation in my mind, yeah. right? There's nobody that you have to directly answer to, like, at that moment, right? So That's then true. I just sit there, and then I just, like, start thinking, and then I just spiral out of control again, and then I'm out for the next, like, few hours, <laughs> right? I just, I just can't. For someone going through what you're going through, mm-hmm. what would you tell them? Like, what, what, like, what advice? Like, what would you try to reason with them? What, 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 what would you talk mm-hmm. to them about? I guess, I don't know, stuff that I wish I heard before. I mean, like, you know, it's easy to say, you know, like, nobody will ever understand me. And that's true. Nobody will ever understand you. Right? Nobody will ever understand you, but to a certain degree, like everybody can understand you. And it sounds really weird, right? It's 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 almost a contradiction. But like what I'm trying to say here is that like nobody will ever have the exact same experience that you've had in life. Right? Sure. You have had your own set of struggles and experiences that make you you, right? Yep. But the thing is if you get to talking enough, right? If you if you really put everything out there, there's pieces. There's pieces that everyone can relate to, right? Um, a lot of fundamental themes like rejection, you know, low self-esteem, right? You don't have to be, you know, you don't have to be, you know, depressed to know what these are like, right? Yeah. Um, and often connecting over these is what helps bring a lot of peace um, to people 
who who are struggling with mu- with much more than that, right? Just because they feel like they're not alone, at least in one regard. Yeah. Right. So that's why just just talking talking is such an important thing, and if and if you struggle with that, like I struggled with that, right? I remember this. This was probably the best advice that I got in therapy, but like. It's the dumbest piece of advice. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> when I tell you this, this is be like obviously, yeah. right? I was just like, I was just like struggling, you know, like I usually did, you know, laughing, stuttering, the whole thing, right? And he was like, J- just say it. I was like, what do you mean? I'm trying. He's like, no, like, just, 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 just say it, man. What's, what's the worst that could happen? They're just words. They're just mm-hmm. words, right? Just, just, just say it. Just go out there. Just put it out there. And, you know, whatever happens after that, you know, it doesn't matter. Just just say it out loud. Yeah. You know? I, I, I still think that in my head, you know, a lot of the time. You know, whenever something's preventing me from saying something, right, I'm just, just, just say it. Just say it. What's the worst that could happen? Yeah. They're just words. Right? So do words still scare you? <sighs> I think words scare everyone. <laughs> <laughs> but, no, they scare me much less. Actually, no, words are my friends now. Words are my friends now. I'm glad. Yeah. Healthy relationships. Healthy relationships, exactly. <laughs> no, like... I guess the scary thing about words is that, like, yeah, they're not written down, but the problem is if, as soon as someone hears them, they're real. Mm, that's true. As soon as someone hears them, they're real. Yeah. Communication, right? That is that is what communication is. You say words and people hear them. Generally, though, if you have good intentions and the other person, you know, you think also has good intentions, right? Yeah. You say some words, they take it the wrong way. You explain yourself more. You, you just tell them how it is. You're honest. You say, oh, like, oh, hey, I didn't mean for you to take it that way. Or, oh, you you think I meant it that way? Why, why do you think that, right? Yeah. You you continue to elaborate, right? You, you work through this process of communication. Communication is a task in itself. It's hard, right, to make somebody else understand you. But if you're honest, right, and, and, and the other person is honestly trying to listen, mm-hmm. then... Um, then both of you can make each other's truths apparent to each other, right? That's the whole essence of communication, and that's why it's such a powerful tool in connecting people, right? And it's so important. It's so important. I, I learned that. Without a doubt. That, that, that's, one of the most, that's one of the biggest lessons that I've learned, is that communication is so important. Um, we were talking about um, what, would I tell, what, what I would tell somebody going yeah. through that, right? You know, I, I, I said this before, knowing who your true friends are, right? Yeah. Who do you really care about? And who do you think cares about you, right? For me, it was really hard to justify why anybody would care about me. I felt so shitty about myself. I felt like, man, I'm such a piece of shit. I can't even talk properly. Why the hell would anybody care about me, right? Yeah. But when I reached, when I reached out, you know, when I, it was, it was so hard for me to reach out. First of all, it was so hard for me to ask somebody. It was so hard for me to tell somebody, first of all, that I cared about them. But then when I did that, they said, hey, I care about you, too. And that just didn't make sense to me. <laughs> it, felt, did it feel fake? Oh, oh, it felt so fake. I was like, I was like, no, 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 that's bullshit right there. <laughs> that's bullshit. And then, and then I described this experience to my therapist. He's like, hold on, hold on. You're saying that people should believe you when you say you care about them. But you can't believe other people, huh? You think you're special or something?
after you know who your true friends are, right? Give them the pleasure of helping you. Yeah. Right? What I mean by that is, you know, I, I had this really big thing about like, I can't burden somebody else with my problems. That's why, I, that's why I'm not going to talk to them. But, but then what I realized, you know, that was happening subconsciously in my head, right? You know, I would listen to my friends' problems and I would, I, I would, I would want to be there for them, right? I want to be able to help you through whatever, you know, it is that yeah. you're struggling with. But um, I didn't want to let anybody else be there for me, right? But then, you know, after talking to some people, after talking to my therapist too, he was like, give them the pleasure of helping you. Once I realized that, I was like, shoot, like maybe if I open up, it's, it's not such a bad thing. Maybe yeah. it's, it's good for both of us, right? Vulnerability, most of the time, not all the time, but most of the time, you know, if you're people that you really care about with, if you're with people that you really care about, yeah. <laughs> it's a win-win situation, you know? It's a connecting experience. Mm -hmm. It's a good thing, yeah. right? Let that happen. Let it happen. Mm -hmm. Again, that trap. No, I mean, you want to help. I like I do that all the time. I want to be the one that helps people, but I don't think my problems are worth solving, and I don't believe that they will be able to solve my problems. It's a very selfish viewpoint, mm -hmm. but it's hard to get out of because you're just like, like, hold on a minute. I'm going to be the one that solves my problems. But then you want to get close to the other person, so you want them to talk to you. Mm -hmm. Can't be one-sided like that. It doesn't work like that, exactly. And I like that you mentioned solving problems, too, because mm -hmm. a lot of problems can't be solved. A lot of problems are not problems of, you know, are not, like, external problems. A lot of these problems are just internal problems, right? The issue isn't that, you know, you got rejected from your favorite job, from your, like, dream job, but rather that you feel so bad about this rejection from your favorite job. Yeah. Right? So the internal problems require internal solutions, right? You need to go and talk to somebody else and connect with them instead of trying to be like, instead of trying harder to get your, you know, yeah, dream job. I'm not saying don't get your dream job. I'm saying... <laughs> yeah, no, completely. <laughs> like, there, there, there's multiple ways to work with this, right? So you're, it's, it's really hard to solve problems in real life. So then to people who don't have what you have, who've never, so to people who have never felt what you felt, how, what would you tell them, like, in order to be there better for other people who might have what you have or like, mm -hmm. you know, what can they do better? What can they do to like understand what you're going through? Sure. Like, I mean, I'd say, I'd say the best thing, like one of the most underappreciated arts is the art of listening. Yeah. The art of listening is so crucial and it sounds so simple, right? To, to just sit there, just sit there and just, just, just shut up. Right. But mm -hmm. it's, it's a little more than that. Yeah. It's not much more than that, but it's just a little more, bit more than that, right? Yeah. Make eye contact, right? Really, really make an attempt, right, when somebody's speaking to follow their story and really feel how they're feeling, right? Especially when somebody's telling, you know, something that's, like, really, really vulnerable. When they're being really vulnerable and it's a really, like, you know, touching story for them, right? Put yourself in their shoes. Put yourself in their shoes and walk through whatever they're, they're going through, right? Because when that happens, right, that person doesn't feel so alone. This, this acknowledgement of listening does not require uh, any talking. Yeah. Right? All you have to do is look at somebody 
and and they'll know they'll know when you both are experiencing the same thing right and that's all it takes that's all it takes to make somebody feel like they're not the only person in this world that's experiencing that right yeah. all you have to do is listen all you have to do is listen and then after that empathy empathy is such a crucial thing empathy is the power to heal so much i'm not going to say it heals everything but it's such a powerful healing power i just can't i i i, I can't stress this enough this, this is not just useful in personal relationships or dealing with you know you know people with with mental health disorders i mean this is this is important just everywhere you know in your romantic relationships at at work you know um just empathy is just the, the the key to everything, man. Empathy. I mean, I, I, I love exactly. Yeah, it's a, it's it's all about feeling what another person is feeling, and yeah. with that, I want to I want to also say a couple of things. What empathy is not, right? Because <laughs> yeah. this this is important. I I see a lot of people make mistakes here, right? Um, so don't just try to give advice, right? If somebody says, "Man, I'm feeling really bad about this breakup," um, a lot of things that come to mind. Just, just, just go outside more. You know, just, just exercise, right? Just, just, just do this. You know, yeah. that's not going to make them feel better. Yeah, that's just going to make them feel the same and put them outside, right? That's, yeah. the, that's, that's not going to solve anything, right? Endorphins don't exist. <laughs> yeah, I mean, but yeah. like, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot, a lot of times, people just won't do these things because they're not in the mood for it, right? Yeah. Remember, internal problems require you know internal solutions, not external solutions. Yeah, exactly. I'm not not to say the external factors don't help, help, but like it's but not going to solve it. Exactly. What, what the the, be, feel, the best thing? They probably feel good when they're working out, but then when they come back, it's going to be the same. Yeah, exactly. They're going to feel worse. They're like, oh, I wasted an hour and a half. Mm-hmm. People are just looking for somebody to understand how they're feeling. Yeah. Um, <laughs> don't. Oh my god, I, I hate that. I hate it when people do this. Don't say. Don't say. Um, Oh man, man, that sucks. But uh, hey, it's uh, at least it's not as bad as when my girlfriend cheated on me. I mean, that's uh, that's the worst. <laughs> that's just douchey at that point. Like, I, I mean, it, it's it, okay. That that sentence sounds douchey, but like, if it it it, it comes up in a lot more subtle ways in life. Oh, really? That's so bad. But hey, um, this this happened to me before, and it was it was really bad, right? It comes off a little bit more veiled. What, oh, so that small thing is not worth it. It's no, not yeah. good. Yeah, yeah, it makes people feel worse, right? Oh. Um, don't don't try to diminish somebody else's you know problems, thinking it'll make them feel better because it won't. It'll make them feel worse, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, don't just just don't do that. Hey, at, at least it's not as bad as blank, right? That's yeah. that's the worst thing to say. Absolute worst thing to say. Lastly, this is this is a pretty minor point. Don't don't force somebody to, you know, disclose something that they're not comfortable with, yeah. right? Because I, I just talked about vulnerability, right? I said, I said, hey, you know, um, you know, vulnerability is the key to connection. You know, you know, share each other's stories, right? But let's say like, Ishan told me a story of his, right? And he's waiting for me to tell something about me, me to say something about myself. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I'm really not at that stage yet, right? I'm, I'm still getting over, you know, whatever it is that, that traumatized me. You know, I. I don't, I don't have the words to talk about it, right? Yeah. Um, leave it alone, right? That's okay. That's okay. You know, sometimes sometimes you'll put yourself out there and you won't get anything back. And, you know, that's that's totally fine. You know, people are at different stages in the process. That's really important. Yeah. So our final question. Introduce yourself. Tell us who you are. 
My name is Ankit Diogaria. I'm a computer science major. Uh, during my first two years at, uh, at OSU, I was part of uh, OSU.com. It's a... Uh, the premier South Asian acapella group. <laughs> That's right, South Asian acapella group, baby. Um, we competed uh, nationally. Um, anyways, um, besides that, um, now I'm the head of uh, BDAI, Big Data Analytics Investment Club. Um, that is an offshoot of BDAA. Um, which I'm sure some of you must have heard of. Huge organization dedicated to analytics. Um, what my branch specifically does is uses uh, a quantitative, uh, quantitative analytics to um, essentially uh, predict stock movements and uh, make some money with uh, what BDA has. And then uh, you said internships. Uh, I've, I've, I've had a few internships during, uh, during my time. Um, I went to Impact Radius my first year, my first summer, uh, chemical abstract service my second summer, uh, summer of my second year, and uh, this year I'm going to Capital One to uh, Capital One data engineering. So I'm really excited for mm -hmm. what the future holds. For sure, but by far the biggest accomplishment is being the best roommate ever. Ah, yeah, you did. Oh, you got me. <laughs> Don't let him lie. He's the best roommate. <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much, Anka, for coming on. Oh, thank you so much for having me. At six, you can much for listening. If you are or know someone currently going through depression, anxiety, or suicidal ideation, please make sure that they receive the help they need. The suicide hotline is 1-800-273-8255. And despite the lack of resources available, all college campuses have some form of therapy and support. Additionally, if you are interested in sharing your story, please email either Annie Knudsen at knudsen.26 at osu.edu that's K-N-U-D-S-O-N dot two six at OSU dot edu or Ishan Rolla at Rolla dot three at OSU dot edu. That's R-O-L-A dot three at OSU dot edu. We would like to thank our mother organization, Universal Health Aid Columbus, an organization dedicated to improving universal health through preventative medicine, health education, leadership and leadership development. If you are interested in learning more, go to UHAColumbus.org. That's it for this week. We will see you next week.